conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Morning, gentlemen. We're back. Morning. Good morning. What is up? How's everyone's week? It's going to be a short one. Thanksgiving this week. Yes. I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to like a three day work week. Michael, we what are you doing here? But I should do it now as well because I feel jealous. So now in here, just five days, well, seven days sometimes, but here's a normal week. Nice. Normal week for you? Always. Yeah. Yeah. The new normal. Well, I'll have a I'll have an extra like turkey and stuffing for you, and I'll send you a text and make sure that you're feeling cool. included. Sounds good. All right. Well, 
Welcome back to uh, Good Morning Hospitality. You know, we're excited for this new amped up uh, version of the show. We've added some new segments. I'm excited to jump in. But before we do that, we have to play our lovely intro song. So enjoy. Gosh, it's so so good. I love it so much better. <laughs> I, I know you were moving with your head for sure during the music or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was just me just getting you know got to yeah. warm up. <laughs> um, perfect. So I'm excited. This is fun. We like like I said, just we amped up the show a little bit. We've added to some new segments. Um, but the quick topics of the week, uh, we're talking about a little bit of uh, data, a little bit of regulation, and a little bit of recovery, and how they all kind of play together. So I'll let the uh, mic go to one of you two. Who wants to take it off? I'll, uh, I'll jump in. I think uh, <laughs> basically the, the new structures, we all pick a, an article that we found interesting from the week before and, and outline it. Um, my article comes from a, a new media platform called HRE, Hospitality Real Estate. And it covers it if Airbnb's regulation risk is overblown. And there's a couple stats in there that kind of blow my mind. And, and I don't know if either of y'all read it, but if you were to guess Airbnb's largest market, what percentage of revenue comes from their, their largest market? Are we talking like home share or like or not share, but like home, entire what home city? rental or? What oh, city, city account? Or not not what city, but how much does revenue in their largest city count for? This is a game? Mm. Yeah, guess. <laughs> There's a new format. We're gonna play games. Yeah. Okay, take you, a guess. Okay, I have to make a number now, right? Just say 20%. Okay. Well. I'll say like 33, just to be so you think 33% of Airbnb's revenue comes from a single city? Sure. A lot of yeah. city. Okay, I thought cities in total and the rest is from, from countryside, etc. Okay, one single city. Don't know. Not gonna guess anything. I was two and a half percent is the largest two. market. So is is Airbnb's regulation or, or fear of regulation overblown? If their single largest city only accounts for two and a half percent of revenue and they lose that city, it's not a game changer to the business. Hmm. That being said. Some of their largest cities are already regulated, San Francisco, New York, London, Paris. And what I think is is going to happen eventually uh, is a lot of these operators are going to get hotel licenses and they'll be fully legal and not be restricted to the 90 days or the 120 days that you can rent in these regulated markets. Uh, going public is certainly gonna add a lot of scrutiny to regulations, I mean, Uber is continuously under fire and still under fire in a lot of cities. Uh, so I don't think regulations goes away just because they go public. I think it'll be actually quite the opposite. Um, but there's a little bit of a shot in the arm from the CDC 
this week saying uh, short-term rentals are safer than hotels. Hotels are the fourth largest site of transmission of COVID. And so short-term rentals are the better alternative if you are going to travel. So that could be a, a sign of a potential shift in, in lawmakers thinking. But there's always the COVID house parties that have continued to plague the industry. Um, the number one reason people regulate rentals, first is taxes, second is noise, third is parking, and fourth is trash. And most cities, I think, have worked out the, the tax standpoint. And then it comes down to noise. And, and that's where, shameless plug, where noise work comes in. <laughs> And, and can really help change the argument at City Hall. But back to the original topic, is there a regulatory risk for Airbnb? Absolutely. Um, you know, two and a half percent across their top five markets is a pretty significant amount of revenue. And it's cities like to copy other cities. Nobody likes to come up with their own regulations. Um, they, they're in a copycat mode. So I think it's something to, to keep an eye out for and, and be cautious of and just know why people regulate and, and find potential solutions for those. Well, I'm curious if they all try to find gaps, right, in the, in the regulations. You can see now when there's even during this whole COVID period when uh, restaurants has to be closed, for example, only during the only hotels can be open, hotels focusing on guests want to the full experience or dinner plus stay. So I'm, I'm just curious, you saw in airports, you see that uh, illegal parking wasn't allowed. So what they're doing, they're renting a virtual desk plus a parking. Nobody's using the virtual desk. They only just want to have the parking. So I'm just curious if they would yeah. just come up with some gaps or some creativity still to get yeah. people. I, in I, was in Austin, I was in Austin, Texas last week and we went to this cocktail bar and you can't be a cocktail bar open past like nine or 10. So every food item you ordered came with a cocktail. So you'd get like oh, four pieces of popcorn, but it came with a cocktail. So you could open late and it was officially a restaurant. Um, so to your point, Michael, 100%, and this has been happening for a long, long time. One of those largest markets of Airbnbs is New York City. Well, Airbnb is banned in New York City. So... I think uh, there, there's certainly a lot of different ways around it. In, in London, you can do up to maybe 90 days or, or 120 days um, of short-term rentals. But what people do is essentially do 90 days on Airbnb, 90 days on Verbo, 90 days on Booking.com, yeah. and, and there's your occupancy for the year, right? So there's there's a lack of... I guess, transparent data for cities from the platforms, but I don't think it's necessarily the platforms to, to hand over either. Um, and, and the more onerous the regulations, the more it drives the activity into the black market. And then they start losing out on the tax revenue. You know, yeah. so this is going to happen, right? There will be like, like listing webs or classified ads. So apartments try to be visible somewhere else. So it doesn't go to the platforms. You just go directly quite of invisible marketplaces, classified ads, whatever, correctly, just to avoid the the, the, VAT, the regulation. So for sure, yeah. you can see that apartment is going to be creative. And that's 
Absolutely. It's one of the characteristics of being an entrepreneur, try to be creative constantly, right? And if you're owning several properties, you do everything to have as much booked as possible. Yeah, Fun. and the other side of that is to take it legal, make it legal inventory and get a hotel license. And a number of our customers in Noiseware are, are urban operators, but you know, in Miami, for example, hotels were allowed to be open during COVID, but short-term rentals were not. So they went out and got hotel licenses for all of their buildings. And now they're only the, they're the only legal short-term rental operator in, in Miami. So there, there are legal loopholes to go exploit as well. I was just going to say, I was thinking of that same, same uh, company, the property manager that was doing that. I was like, you know, that's like Ross said, it's what needs to be done. And, you know, we're entrepreneurs in this industry. And so they're always going to be constantly fighting to stay open and stay innovative. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a constant. They're coming with different solutions, right? They just go into like uh, office, but you can stay there as well if you would like to, whatever. They're coming with different ideas just to keep selling. And then at the end, the regulations, if it's regulated on the platform, that's, that's difficult. There's the more platform there will be that are just using different distribution platforms. And that's, yeah, yeah the, the platforms aren't incentivized to re- to self-regulate because that kills their revenue. So it, it's going to have to come from the, the government and, and it has to be done responsibly because the the short-term rental world is not going away. You can, you can yeah. ban it, but it's just going to go underground and it's always going to happen. And, and so cities need to embrace it, not try and mm-hmm. come up with bans for it. Yeah, proper regulation. Yep. I agree. So, what about you, Ross? What do you got going? Well, actually, when I look at this week, what was actually interesting is just something completely different because it was pretty serious. Um, and we talk about creativity, creativity of entrepreneurs. And actually, I did uh, a guest college actually for the Berlin uh, School of Business Innovation. So those those guys, the the students, learning actually to become an entrepreneur. And that was really nice. And I actually did a beautiful story about the entrepreneur and the characteristics and everything. But then I started about the company culture, actually, how we're dealing with this. And then he saw them really their interest. And I was actually surprised that the typical story about the entrepreneur and the challenges and the, the road you, you're following. They liked it. But as soon as I talk, start, start talking about the company culture, how we're dealing with employees, how to engage them, I saw I get already like, I think, seven or eight personal messages on my LinkedIn. It's like, wow, that was so great how you talked about the company culture. I think that's also when I look at the period we're in now, right? I think it's more than ever so important to keep your culture. And one year ago, we took the whole team to the mountains, went to Zakopane, just just organizing nice things together. And this is, of course, it's changing completely. So we still have to make sure that your, your employees staying loyal, you're creating a culture even now. Last week, we did like a virtual cinema, for example. So everybody was watching a movie together online. And I had some popcorns or pizzas, and that's it's still we try to keep this culture. It's super difficult, of course, but I think you have to keep trying. And then I think as a company to come out stronger after this period, I think the culture, as soon as it comes back and you're sitting normally back in the office, if still offices are there like how they were before, but still when you come back to the office, the culture is at the end, which makes the company right is also the creating the creating the success. So I think what I really liked in there by talking to those those young guys. Actually, when I start talking about co- company culture, what we're doing for employees, and they said you treat them as a family. I think that was was a nice compliment, actually, and especially the feedback I get after made me really, really think like how important it is to take care of your employees even in hard times like this. So, 
I want to share this one. If we yeah. talk about the creativity of entrepreneurs, it's it's I think one of the most important characteristics. But I think by be able to to share this with your team and take them into your journey, I think is even more important. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big brand person too, so I feel like brand and culture kind of like leaking together because like your brand represents the I guess like the brand is like the external and the culture is the internal and how those reflect on each other. Um, I'm a big fan of like both. I think they're both very important and some like you'll see a lot of business owners that are like, we don't care about brand. We're just going to operate our business. And it's like, well, it, it, like it does, but like, I don't know. It's just like, you got to like give it, you know, crap a little bit about brand and, and how that plays into your culture and how that makes you operate as a business and with your team and all the other like little stuff. So I'm glad that's a, I like your yeah, culture. Great balance, you right? Finding great balance between people, yeah. culture, diversity, and everything. And then I think you're also you're able to actually accelerate, to be flexible on things which are movements in the industry. If you have people from all over the world, and I think I think we are now in the stage where we're now where we're still hiring and not firing. Like I think most of the companies in the industry, because we are strong as a team, we want to come out stronger, and everybody has the same thoughts now. Like okay, we're gonna beat this, and as soon. We, yeah, there's it's safe to travel. We are there to you support us, but we're going to support you and the, and the rest of the team. So, I think company okay. culture is so important when you see a lack of company culture in some OTAs now. Recently, I'm not going to mention names, but uh, I'm sure the bad guys knows uh, who I'm talking about. <laughs> Did you say the bad guys? <laughs> the bad guys, yeah. <laughs> We've got oh, a debate awesome. coming, Ross. We've got a debate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mention the name, but the logo is blue. <laughs> <laughs> Our logo is blue. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, just kidding. But uh, no, yeah, I think yeah. that plays also in, into like recovery too. Because um, like culture and like as you were saying, people, are, you know, companies are still um, firing in some places, you know, furloughs and all the other stuff. Um, and I'm interested to see because uh, – Two two exciting things just from like the slick talk side of things was um, did a two part series with Oracle Hospitality and they highlighted their data driven recovery report that they did in partnership with Skift and just the overall trends of travel stuff that we've already talked about here on Good Morning Hospitality, just like, you know, driven uh, drive to markets being a super high like trend that a trend that will continue. Um, but I'm curious to see what like the recovery will look like when it comes to, you know, ADR, RevPAR, profitability in the sense of when staff, you know, occupancy rises, we're going to need more staff. And a lot of hotels, especially right now, are running pretty skeleton crews uh, or crews. Yeah, crews, like a crew. Um, And so it's just interesting to see. And we had um, a data analyst from STR on the, the podcast last week, and we were highlighting the RevPAR recovery uh, quarter, you know, three analysis and looking at like the 2019 numbers, you can see, um, you know, there's a negative 34% uh, in, in RevPAR. And so seeing what that looks like into the trends of 2021, 2022, uh, you know, we had Jeremiah Gall from Breezeway on the show recently too, and his episode's coming out in December, but we're talking about like what these trends and how they play a role in recovery. And it's pretty interesting to see um, just all these things that we've talked about here on this podcast and just how that will affect, you know, we only got 40 days left of 2020. So interesting to see 
everything come to light. Well, I had a discussion, pre-discussion for a webinar I have tomorrow, and it was about uh, rates, rate parity, the new normal, etc. And, and I think what you see actually, and, and we might we might go into discussion tomorrow, but we had a pre-discussion how I can see it. And I think there will be a lot of experimenting, right? You see, okay, the property yeah. rates go down, but a lot of hotels will experiment. You can see the numbers of hotels who joined Bridgeroom is enormously. They want to experiment new distribution platforms, close user groups, maybe auction flash. They're going to experiment. They just want to fill the hotel. They might use day use. Uh, they're yeah. going to go to long stays. But they're going to experiment a lot in 2021 to see at the end to focus on profit, uh, profitability uh, revenue. So I think there will be a lot of experimenting at the end. Yes, because of air experimenting, the reform might go down. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's the only way to to accelerate the recovery as well by experimenting. Michael, uh, who who benefits? I guess better. No one benefits, but who who's hurt worse? Big global brands or single boutique hotels? Yeah. Well, I think strong brands they come out stronger now, and I mentioned this in, in a different session of I Meet Hotel. I think the strong brands they're now able to still maintain a relationship. Uh, they're able to create some kind of loyalty. You see, they're adopting innovation a bit more than than others, and I think uh, you see even the the larger chain hotels. We said a year, two years ago, I'm not sure if I should work with Bedroom because I sell 60, 70 percent, 30 percent maybe directly. The rest I will sell to OTAs, and it's always the same too. Um, but now they said, okay, actually, we really want to change this industry. We want to work with new distribution partners. So you can see also that the, the hotel chains, actually, they're more willing than ever to use different distribution platforms and go into closed user groups like we do or maybe into flash deals. So I think they this whole rate parity part, now they see nobody's filling their hotel and they would just do yeah. everything to, to recover. So. I think the, the the smaller ones they not have the resources to come back stronger with marketing with with visibility, um, so I think it takes longer before the, the the small or independent hotels will recover. I think the chain hotels also when they have the image and cleaning and good communication and PR, they're able to recover quicker. I agree. Well, I think that's a good uh, good way to segment into one of our new or a good way to segue into one of our new segments. Uh, we call it the Bidruption Report. So I will uh, I will make uh, Golden and myself disappear. The intro is so cool. Now in the in the weekly bid eruption report, I want to discuss. Uh, I want to pick actually every week a startup which actually get my attention. So it could be regarding fundraising, could be because of a different way of attention. And um, this week, uh, this week I want to mention Triploop. Uh, Triploop is a startup from Austin, um, founded by Diego and his wife. And actually, I met them a few years ago during the World Tourism Forum. And actually, they built a solution for group travel. Um, but actually, of course, group travel is that. I spoke with him a few months ago and I said, Diego, how does it go? Probably is a really difficult period for you. And um, how are you doing? And he said, actually, we just built actually something new. What we did when we saw this is coming, we actually went to virtual group travel. So I really like what they're doing. So my compliments for them by moving actually from, uh, from really from group travel into virtual group travel. So actually they could use almost everything from the current technology. They could use it to actually move into virtually. So people can create an account still like before. They can see which other people join the group travel, but they can they meet online. 
and they visiting together completely virtually in Japan. By doing this, they actually get a huge, uh, huge project actually from the Japanese tourist, uh, tourism uh, board. And actually they are able now to survive this whole difficult period and, and did a great deal with them. So uh, great what I did. And I think this shows actually entrepreneurship. So creativity, as I mentioned before. So yeah, if I mentioned, I will do every week one startup. Uh, I think for me, the, the startup of the week is Triploop. And uh, let's check this week, which, which startup I choose for next week. But it's, uh, it's one of my favorite topics to address. So I would, it's nice to have this part of the disruption uh, report. Second thing I want to do every week is also mention some events. Um, as you all know, we have our own event as Bidroom. We have the iMeet Hotel Conference. So this week on Friday, we have a special edition. So we do it together with SHMS, which is the Swiss uh, Management Hotel School. Uh, we're going to do the Swiss Alps edition. So that's actually co-organized by students. And we'll talk about the hospitality. So this Friday, tune in. will be great. Uh, we're organized together with students. Uh, as I mentioned, tomorrow I discuss the new normal on travel agencies but rate parity and more. And the last thing I want to just include this week to the bid eruption report is the World Tourism Forum Lutzern. In 2017, Bidroom won the award um, and we celebrated really well after. Um, and it was great. Uh, we also won a nice a nice award plus prize. Um, and actually I saw that the, the um, application is open again. So if you're a startup in travel uh, in tourism, go to the website of the World Tourism Forum uh, and apply now because it's a great journey and I want to recommend them. We learned a lot from it. We won in 2017, as I mentioned, and I will be a jury member this year. Um, so yeah, I might uh, pick you as a winner. So don't forget to apply. And uh, of course, I mentioned tune in Friday for the IME Hotel Special Swiss Alps edition. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Michael. And now we'll introduce uh, Mr. Ross. With or not, Mr. Ross, Mr. Golden, man, too many Michaels in this place. Uh, get Mr. Golden on what's with the noise segment. So, it's so cool to have my grandmother on the on the show. Um, so with what's with the noise, I'll cover each week what I'm hearing the most from customers, clients, people in the industry, what's going on. And one of the, the key topics that a lot of people were talking about last week was Domeo and their meteoric rise and, and equally as meteoric fall. Um, mixed results is if they're totally gone or if they're selling off whatever assets they have, but it's another multifamily master leasing company that has uh, not been able to weather the storm. Now on our first episode on Good Morning Hospitality, we talked about, is there a viable path to having an apart hotel brand exist? And I 100% believe that there still is that path and there will be a massive apart hotel brand or two or three. Um, but the news this week is that it's not going to be done yet. Back to you, Will. We're back. Awesome. Well, um, I like the new segments. I think they're fun. We've had a little fun creating, you know, the uh, the video intros and, and whatnot. Love that your grandma was able to do that for us, you know, in the middle of COVID and just really just taking the uh, the embracement of good morning hospitality. Um, sweet. No, I think this is great. We've covered a lot. 
um, in this, you know, 30 minutes or so episode. But I guess I'll leave this to you guys on, is there anything coming up? Obviously, we have holidays coming here in the U.S., um, Thanksgiving, and then, of course, uh, leading into December, we'll have Christmas not too far along. So anything, I guess, coming up with um, specific bid room or noise aware stuff? I know I'm excited for the Slick Talk newsletter that comes out every week and how much cool content's in there. So people should, you know, shameless plug, uh, go check that out. It's coming out today, but that has a lot of news and updates as well from my end. Um, yeah. But I'm just curious on your guys's. Well, it's uh, the epic Black Friday week. I don't think there's yes. a Black Friday day anymore in America, but we've, we've managed to pull it out into a week. Uh, and it's always a really, really good uh, sales week for, for us at Noise Aware. People getting ready for the holidays and the, the New Year's parties that are right around the corner. So um, it's going to be a, a busy week, but going to try and unplug uh, a little bit and have a, a nice day or two off. I agree. I agree. I'm trying the same. Oh, you Ross, anything? Yeah, it's going to be a challenging week because I have to wait. I have to work five days at least this week. So uh, luckily you. We're we, we moving forward. We're making so many steps. And if you see the energy within the team and new things we, we're building now, preparing actually, as I mentioned before, for recovery. And then hopefully when things come back, we are stronger than ever. So I'm really looking forward still. And every day I'm hoping for it, it will come as, the sooner the better. But still, I think if we see how the team is doing, what we're developing now, uh, the speed they do, it's it's great. Uh, this week, some conference, nice always to, to share my insights. And I'm uh, looking forward to next week, actually, when I pick a new startup and uh, uh, see you guys again. Yes, me too. I'm looking forward for the Bidruption report and what's with the noise. It's my favorite part of the week now. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for the people who have been watching us live. Um, check us out at goodmorninghospitality.com. You can find out more information. We'll be turning you know more blogs and more videos and podcast stuff. Um, so I'm excited for us uh, on the amping up of the show. And then if you're watching on the replay, go ahead and uh, comment on your favorite part. What segment was your favorite? And of course, um, give us a little give us a little bit of a competition for what's with the noise or bidruption. I'm kind of curious to see who's uh, who's fighting for what team over here. But thank I you guys for tuning in. Startup, right? So if they've got any topics they want to address or you have a favorite startup, feel free to share it. So you might uh, pick that one. Yes. Don't forget that too. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me this lovely Monday morning and uh, we'll see you guys next week.